Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I've got Ben Brochu. He's with Shadow Valley Outfitters in Southern Arizona. Ben, how you doing? Very well, Jay. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I look forward to having you on this podcast. We're going to talk Southern Arizona, pretty much specifically coos deer, but we're going to talk some desert mule deer as well. And we're going to cover OTC hunts, uh, both in August, uh, December, and January. And then we're going to cover uh, some rifle uh, mule deer hunts, but primarily our focus is going to be on the rifle uh, coos deer hunts in Southern Arizona. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I've known you for for a long time. We've we've exchanged texts and and different things. I know you also have talked with my partner Dark Colburn, and um, you're formerly of the Arizona Game and Fish, uh, now a firefighter. Um, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of a background on yourself? Yeah, Jay, I appreciate it again. Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, I spent. Uh, uh, well, I went to college at the U of A, got my degree in. Well, I'm not going to hold that against you now. Okay, so <laughs> let's just get that. I have to give. So <laughs> I have to give all my U of A people a hard time. I'm not going to hold that against you, totally. <laughs> From the yeah, so I got the premier degree in the state. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, went to college, uh, got my degree. Uh, shortly thereafter, um, started my employment with the Arizona Game and Fish Department and bounced around the state, primarily the southern half of the state, and spent a total of 14 years with them um, in, in a number of different capacities, uh, 10 years as a, as a game warden. Um, and then uh, in 2016, I uh, uh, decided to kind of change directions a bit in public service and and went in and got hired with Tucson Fire Department. Um, all my time transferred in terms of the public safety retirement system. So, you know, I didn't lose anything in that regard. And it's uh, it's opened up a number of opportunities for me, um, both personally, professionally, um, and everything else. So it's been a great move. And, you know, I, I certainly miss certain aspects of the job with the department, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm able to do a lot more things in the outdoors now in terms of hunting and fishing and uh, taking my family um, hunting, fishing, especially on those hunt openers that, you know, historically I'd have to work. Um, so yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a good change and, and uh, uh, I'm very happy with it. Um, joined up with Shadow Valley about a year and a half ago um, and uh, talked with Pat and Bob Dykeman, um, Pat McCarty and Bob Dykeman about it and, and kind of pitched it to them about uh, being the Southern Arizona rep, um, helping with uh, coos deer hunts, uh, desert mule deer hunts, um, you know, OTC type stuff, and and uh, they were completely supportive, and, and here I am today. Awesome, and you do also, on an elk standpoint, I think I point out, um, you kind of like that Unit 23 unit and like to hang up there a little bit for elk hunts, don't you? Yeah, my brother and I, boy, we've uh, our family has hunted that unit for probably upwards of 15 years and we started turkey hunting it and then, you know, chasing elk around and, and, uh, it's a, it's a tremendous unit as you know. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one of our favorites. Um, and, uh, but we help with other units. We do a lot of stuff in eight, seven West, nine, 10, um, a little bit up in one and 27. So, um, you know, we're kind of all over, but those are kind of our focal units, I guess. 
Right on. Um, what I'd kind of like to do is just kind of dive through some of the units and maybe just do kind of a shotgun uh, sure. th through some of the units. And, you know, some of them that maybe you don't know as well, you know, you can feel free to just say, you know, don't know as much about this unit and give, give what knowledge you do have. Uh, whether it be terrain and geography densities you know that kind of stuff and we'll just kind of blow through the units first all the way down okay. through and then i you know i assume you kind of have kind of a top uh you know five or so of units that you kind of like to really focus your time on and um you know feel free as we kind of shotgun down through the units uh to to just say you know this is one of the units that spend some time on you know we like is you know a top five and then we can yeah. talk about the different seasons and, and all of that. So um, I assume that, you know, living in Southern Arizona, you know, you mentioned the elk stuff in 23. Uh, I assume that most of your time is spent, you know, in the Southern Arizona units, or do you also cover like a 22, 23 for coos deer as well? We've got a handful of guides that, that do do stuff in 23. Um, I don't personally. Um but we do have a handful of guides with Shadow Valley that, that do uh, 23 and then over like in 27. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, primarily the southern half of the state. So Okay, well, you know, we'll just, got, uh, for this, we'll just cover, um, we'll start with like unit 29 and I'll just go down 29, 30A, 30B. And we'll just kind of go down through them. Uh, okay. Talking about unit 29, uh, the Chiricahuas, um, what's your thoughts on that unit? Uh, tremendous tremendous unit uh awesome potential um those those fires that we had in the horseshoe and horseshoe two fires um you know a few years back i mean that really opened up some country in there uh it, that that unit i was still with an apartment when uh when we had those burns and that unit was a little bit slower to uh respond than like 33 did after the mm -hmm. bullock and aspen fires but um, it certainly has responded and, and it's got some terrain in there that, uh, certainly, um, holds some, some big deer, you know, as you know, deer, uh, they can have, they can have the best nutrition, um, the best genetics, but they also need that age to, you know, to be able to put on the potential, um, that, that they're capable of. And, and that's one of the things about 29 is there's, there's some country in there that's pretty hard to get to. Um, and, and there's some some giant deer uh not only being harvested but but the potential for some continued giant deer in 29 wasn't um, wasn't one of the things with 29 pre-fire is one it was pretty thick really dense yeah. and the fires actually kind of opened that up but two there's quite a bit of private land in 29 as well isn't there yeah yeah access is pretty tricky in some of the areas you know off that Rucker canyon road um you get back in toward the monument um, uh, or coming off the portal side. Uh, there are some, certainly some kind of choke points, I guess, if you will, that, that limit access, but it, it's got a, a decent trail system. Um, you know, if you're a physical hunter and you don't mind getting off trail or, or using those trails to then backpack in uh, tremendous potential in 29, you know, and, and uh, we're very lucky. One of the, we, we picked up, a, a new guide this year, Mark Garenia, who um, he's up from Globe. Uh, his whole family's Coos fanatics and stuff like that. He's former Game um, and Fish as well, isn't he? Well, his or is his, that his uh, son? No, his uncle is Mark. Okay, okay, Martin. And uh, so, yeah, big Coos hunters, and uh, they spent a lot of time up in the 24s, um, 
33, 31, and 29. Um, and yeah, there's uh, we're, we're lucky to have him. He's a tremendous hunter, and and he kind of fills in that niche in that 29 country for us too. So awesome. Um, Let's yeah, talk about but, uh, uh, 30A. 30A. So that was actually one of my that was my first district. I had 30A starting 29 as a as a, a game warden. Um, 30A is one of those ones. Again, you've got limited access in a lot of different areas uh, up on the Dosca basis. Pretty limited access. Um, I can remember flying helicopter surveys in some of that country and, and seeing some giant deer. Um, but but noting that they're generally lower density in the north end and and difficult uh, difficult physical access to get to. Um, if you're a backpack hunter, you can you can do well there, but don't expect to see high deer density on the north end of, of 30A. Uh, in the southern half, um, again, there's some limited access, uh, but generally pretty good potential for for, for some bucks. Um, we don't do a lot of hunts uh, in 30A, and 30A generally has some leftover permits too because of more or less the access component and the border uh, component. Um, but it's, uh, I wouldn't put it in my, in my top five at all, but it's, it's one of those units that I certainly would consider for a leftover tag to go down and, you know, and grab and, and, and have a pretty good hunt. So, okay. 30 um, B, but I've, 30 B, um, down in the low country, uh, along the San Pedro river, um, you're seeing a lot of, uh, 30 B was one of those units they had set up as like an alternative management structure, trying to, um, offer more permits during that late December hunt and, and manage for older age class bucks. Um, it certainly responded pretty well. And, and you're seeing some people that know how to hunt it and, and put the time in, uh, finding some pretty good deer in 30 B, um, especially hunting those uh, non-traditional areas, you know, down in the river and in some country like that. So I was going to say 30 um, B is kind of a choppy unit. Um, not your yeah. like typical, what I would call typical coos deer habitat, right? Exactly. Yeah, you, you're finding you're finding deer in there that you're, you know, um, very surprising sometimes where you find some deer. Um, yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, I think it's responded pretty well in terms of of having some uh, well with fewer tag numbers and managing for for greater numbers of tags and older age class bucks uh for that december opportunity um so uh the the people who know how to hunt it and and know um kind of where to look i should say in terms of those non-traditional areas are finding some some really good bucks there so 31 31 is another one of those units kind of like 33 where uh there's been a lot of different fires in um it's responded well uh 31 produces some giant deer um uh the tricky part with 31 is it's very vertical um so uh mount graham the, the grams are tough right yeah yeah very very um very tough expect a strenuous hunt um but a lot of potential for some giant deer you know obviously focus in those in those areas where you've got those uh, right on the fringe country where you've got that burned habitat up against the unburned stuff. And, you know, those deer getting out, growing some good antlers, um, getting those good groceries and things like that. So um, I, I think for the listeners yeah. out there, Ben just 
mentioned something that I think you guys really need to make a note on. He mentioned a burn area up against some of the thicker country. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, what you're meaning by that is, you know, the, 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 the ability to, for a deer to have some open country to feed in and, you know, get out and get some good groceries, but then very quickly have the ability to get in the real thick and nasty stuff allows them to get older, right? Yep, exactly. Yep. Okay. Uh, yep, 32. 100%. 32 is one of those units, uh, um, having flown it for both deer and bighorn sheep uh, back in the day, it's one of those units you fly over and you're you're just amazed at how big the country is and you i remember being shocked and why there weren't more deer numbers in there um it, it's got some pockets of some really good deer um but generally speaking the, the densities are much lower when you compare it to units like 31 or 33 um or even 29 for that matter um would you say that the lion density is higher in 32 and that might play a role? Because, I mean, from my perspective, like the Galeros and the Winchesters, like as far as classic looking Cooster country, it has it all. But I've always, yep. you know, I've hunted there quite a bit and the densities just seem to not be what they are across the road. Yep, exactly. And, um, and is you it, know, you think it is lions? I, I think lions have a big role um, in it. I mean, you look at a lot of people who find these big giant deadheads and stuff like that. And, you know, they're, they're killed by lions, generally speaking. Um, and the Galoros is, you know, that's a unit that, uh, there's limited access in some areas, um, particularly up to, along the, uh, the Klondike side, um, uh, different spots from Mammoth South to Cascabel. Um, but overall, you know, decent access points, but then to get into the center core country of the Gloros or the Winchesters, I mean, there's, you're talking some legitimate physical work and, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 there are always a handful of pretty good bucks that are killed in 32. Um, but generally speaking, not, uh, not the number of bucks that you would expect, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Unit 33. Uh, well, 33, that's, that's my personal favorite. Um, I, uh, and I'm, I'm somewhat biased because I'm, you know, I'm here in Tucson. It's close for me, so I can spend a lot of time in 33. Um, but I, I'm always amazed, and I've always been amazed, um, both when I was growing up hunting the unit and also um, working for the, the Game and Fish Department. Um, 33 has, the, as you know, the highest number of, of, of coos deer tags in the state. Um, by, by quite a bit. Um, I mean, the only, the, the number two in line is 36B, but I was always amazed at, at how, um, how it continued to produce such quality given the high tag numbers. And, you know, the, the Bullock and Aspen, Aspen fires that, that we had uh, back in uh, uh, 03, 04, um, did tremendous things for, for the Catalinas. Um, uh, you know, they've got the monument and the ring cons that, that kind of serve as this, in my opinion, kind of a source almost where you get some bigger deer coming out, especially during those, those rut months. Um, despite the high tag numbers, uh, 33 is one of those units that's extremely vertical, um, you know, very, very uh, humbling. Um, and But 
it's it produces some great deer it's something that that if you're willing to do some work and and really get off the beaten path a bit you you can find a boone and crockett deer um so it uh it's one of the ones that we specialize in for sure 33 uh relatively easy to draw um lots of opportunities i mean that muzzleloader tag typically has leftovers every year um so it's uh it, it's it's easily one of our favorites and don't um, and you I think could've... too with those fires that you mentioned you know burning some of those pine countries and some of that real thick stuff um in that middle country and up on top it's opened up i mean the deer that's the best thing that could happen for coos deer is have those burns in some of those thick areas oh absolutely yeah 100 percent. and like i said i was uh i spent the last couple of days you know making some loops up around the Catalinas and, and, uh, shed hunting and checking cameras and things like that. And, um, yeah, without a doubt, those fires do amazing things, um, for, well, for all wildlife for that matter. But, um, when they can open up some of that, uh, that really thick infested, uh, pine country up top, um, or that chaparral country and, and, and get some, some openness to it and generate some grass and, and get some sunlight into the, into the, uh, the ground there. Um, it really responds well and, and wildlife respond well. And I remember looking at the, the data after those fires, um, while with the game and fish and the deer herd absolutely just shot up. I mean, it was, it was insane what they, what they did, what the deer, how the deer responded. And, um, we got to a point where we physically couldn't put any more hunters in 33 from a density standpoint. So they were trying to have to uh, look at different hunt options and diversify in that regard. So um, 33 is, that... is one of those units, Ben, that I, I think I've always thought that someday they might split the Rincons and the Catalinas and make two units out of it. Your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? Well, I mean, it's been talked about uh, not really seriously at all, though. And, and I think one of the reasons is because of the monument in the Rincons. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you didn't have the monument in the Rincons and you really had that huntable country, um, in 33 South, if you will, uh, then I think, I think that would be a very viable option, but with the monument there and, and some of that, I, I think I, I would be surprised if they split it up. I think they'll probably just keep it. 34A. Uh, 34A is another one that's, uh known for producing some really good deer and it's on the rise um you know there's some people who have kind of figured out how to hunt it and uh it uh yeah high deer density um some of those non-traditional things that again whitetail have and i think a lot of people have seen this in general but they're they're venturing out into some of this mule deer country and you're seeing some of these big um big old whitetail bucks out in this desert mule deer habitat and and it's very surprising sometimes and 34a although it's got some very high uh you know historic and 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 notable coos country um it also has a lot of old historic desert mule deer country and and what we're finding is a lot of those coos deer are venturing out there competing with the mule deer um and uh, and did quite well so uh, yeah, 34A is certainly is certainly in the top five for for Kuzier, uh units in the Southern Arizona. So, okay, 34B, that's the wet uh, right? 
Yeah, the Woods games, it's, uh, that's a unit, again, lots of potential, but access is very problematic. Um, you know, if you can get access into the Whetstones, uh, great. Um, but it's it's one of those things, don't expect to hunt, generally speaking, um, the core of the Whetstones. You know, expect to hunt around the periphery, um, different spots within the unit. So it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's in my top five at all. Um, every year there's some pretty good bucks killed, especially down closer to the river country. Um, but, uh, uh yeah, if, if if they could figure out some a couple key access points into into the whetstones, then then that would uh, that would certainly open up the potential in that regard for that unit. Thirty five A. So down in the thirty fives, um, the thirty fives have always produced really good deer. Um, it's uh, they're thicker units, you know, and they've had. They've had uh, some good burns in the past. You know, a lot of the burns, generally speaking, were, were set by illegals crossing forward. They'd make warming fires and then they'd get out of control. And, um, you know, it, 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 I know these illegal fires are bad, but from a habitat standpoint, I mean, they really did wonders for, uh, for, for wildlife and habitat. Um, and, uh, so it's it's also a pretty vertical unit. Um, um, expect to do some pretty serious hiking, um, you know, in, in the Wachukas and and getting up into those higher elevations where you can find some bucks and focus on them. Uh, <clears throat> and I wouldn't discount seeing any you know illegal uh, activity, illegal immigrant activity down there. Um, that's one of the unit that's it's pretty prevalent, right? Yeah, yeah, and there's a, there's a, uh, I think it's called the Crest Trail, um, Crest Ridge Trail or Crest Trail that goes right over top of the Wachukas, and it's, it's one that, uh, uh, I was on a fire there one year, and we had some illegals come by, right, and it goes right across the top of the Wachukas, and, you know, where you would think that you're completely safe and unlikely to see anything, um, that's, that's where a lot of the illegal activity is being forced now, is into those really high remote areas so um be careful when you're down there you know obviously take a sidearm and, and and be um vigilant um but uh yeah those 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 35s always produce some great bucks um typically by locals who really know how to hunt them um generally it's a thicker glass too so you're you're having to really pick apart country um versus you know areas like 31 or 30 33 or 29 where you've got some more open spots within thicker stuff 35b i believe is patagonia's right yeah um again similar to the wachuca's a little bit but but it's uh it always produces some great deer um i've not spent a lot of time in in 35b um you know it's one of those uh, again you're going to see illegal activities so be mindful in that regard um but those folks who especially the locals that that know how to hunt that country um it it always produces some great deer so it it's uh 35b is is another one of those good ones but we just we don't do a whole lot with and there hasn't been i I guess a ton of ton of giants harvested out of it but always produces a handful 36a so the 36 is 36 you know that's going to be a unit that that's uh 
flatter in general. It's got some, you know, it's got some pretty prominent mountain ranges. There, there are some access component issues uh, in the north end of 36A, um, but that's a unit where you're seeing a lot of these coos deer go out and venture into historic mule deer habitat. Um, and if you're willing to hunt some of those non-traditional areas, you know, the, the flatter country, um, getting up on knobs, glass in the flats, and, and it, it can be difficult sometimes, but it always produces some really good deer. Um, it, uh, 36A has that early muzzleloader hunt too, that, uh, I'll tell you what, I, um, I've seriously considered that one. Um, that's a great hunt if you don't mind the heat and, and the gnats and stuff like that. Um, you could find those bucks. They're still bachelored up. Uh, some might still be in velvet a bit during that early October time frame, but, um, yeah, 36A, uh, flatter unit in general, um, but, uh, always produces, you know, some, some pretty decent deer. 36B. 36B is that, uh, so it's the number two in terms of number of tags available or offered in the state, uh, for coos deer. Um, you know, deer everywhere. Um, and it's got, it's got some country in it, uh, <clears throat> that, that like the two McCockries, you know, pretty, um, fairly vertical, um, but also fairly pretty good access around it. Um, and with tag numbers and stuff like that, I mean, it, it's sometimes, uh, you might see a lot of people, but again, if you're willing to venture out a little bit, um, you do pretty well. Um, if you're willing to hunt down, you know, near the Buenos Aires and, and near the border, you might see fewer people, uh, but you always typically will find some pretty good bucks down there. Um, I had a hunter down there in December last year, and uh, we were hunting one buck in particular and finally found him or relocated him again on the last day, I should say. And, uh, and he was able to, to harvest them. But um, we saw deer, um, and, and again, right in that transition between um, mule deer habitat and coos deer, we were seeing both species. Uh, but gobs of deer. So 36B is one of those ones that, um, you know, personally, when I like to go hunting, it, it's always nice to be able to go out and see deer, even if you're not finding that giant buck you're looking for, at least you're finding deer, finding bucks. Um, if you draw a 36B tag, you know, I guarantee you will find deer um, and just keep keep looking and, and trying to pick out that big one. But um, that's a good unit. I would I would put that in uh, 36B is is one of the ones in my top five for sure. 36C. 36C is is uh, is in my top five again. Um, it's one of those ones that because of the border and the reservation on the west end, um, you get you get especially during those rut months you get continuously. You get those reservation bucks coming over and running into 36C, uh, and there's always some giants killed in 36C. Um, you've also got some of that stuff where where it's historic mule deer habitat. You've got those coos deer venturing out into that lower flatter stuff, and, and you're finding some deer in there too. Um, uh, it, uh, it does have a few access um issues in some areas um but they've generally speaking they've worked those out with the neighboring ranches you know with the king's Longville, the elkhorn ranch 
Um, they provide access through sign-in boxes and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, you can, it, it provides a great opportunity for both the hunter that wants to hunt from his vehicle and kind of do day trips or the backpacker who really wants to get out there and get after it. And uh, <clears throat> so it always produces some giants and, you know, you can, uh, you can hunt right along the border and, and uh, get into some good deer like that, or you can hunt way up north toward Kitt Peak in the in the coyotes and um, see lower deer density, but there's giant thickets of ocotillo and stuff up there, and and uh, you might see fewer deer, but typically you might see bigger deer. So, um, uh, yeah, thirty six C is a great unit. That's a great breakdown of the Southern Arizona units. I want to get into the season structures and then kind of talk about your top five and talk about some desert mule deer. Okay. Uh, before we do that, I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com. Cody Nelson, my friend of 25 years, he's, I call him the glassing guru. He's the optics authority. He is the optics manager there at GoHunt.com gear shop. If you're looking for any optics needs at all to purchase binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, anything to do with optics, give Cody a call, 702-847-8747. That's extension 2. You can also email him at optics at gohunt.com. You can also send him a text or call him on his cell phone, 602-399-3699. I want to thank them for their sponsorship. I also want to let you guys know that you can get a $50 Go Hunt gift card to the gear shop just for signing up for the Go Hunt Insider. Go to gohunt.com forward slash J Scott, and that's going to get you a $50 uh, Go Hunt gear shop gift card. Uh, Go Hunt Insider is the best Western hunting resource tool when you're trying to look at draw odds and harvest statistics, and I highly encourage you to check it out. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. Uh, that's KUIU.com. That's the best place to go and buy the gear. The only place they're direct to consumer. Uh, they just released uh, on the 19th of uh, May the Velo, the new third camo pattern Velo. Uh, go check it out at KUIU.com. I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott20 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount on all Phonescope products. OnXMaps.com. Use the JScott20 promo code. You're going to get a 20% discount there at onxmaps.com. And then Apex Ammunition. Go to apexmunition.com. It's the home of the TSS, the Tungsten Super Shot. And that's what we used on my Gould's turkey hunts uh, down in, in Mexico. Ben, um, I want to talk about, before we kind of get into your top five, I want to talk about the season structures in most of these units that we just talked about. Uh, you basically have a October hunt, uh, which this year is the 23rd through the 29th. Uh, then you have uh, a November 6th through the 12th. Uh, then you have a December hunt. And then there's some units where I believe there's a couple of different November uh, hunt structures. Uh, specifically talking about, uh, you know, October, November, December, let's just call it that. Um, historically for people out there thinking of putting in for coos deer, um, you yourself, which of those three unit or, um, season dates do you prefer to kill the biggest bucks? Well, so, and that's a great question. I think it, it kind of depends on your individual preference in terms of, um, you know, if, if you can stand some of the heat 
and sometimes during some years some of the gnats um that that first hunt in october you know and sometimes like units like 33 have a very early october hunt you know they actually have two different october hunts but um most units in the central part of the state have one october like you said one november and one december um if you're willing to hunt that hot hunt um you you kind of have that first crack at deer in october um generally speaking that's a hunt where if you find a buck and you do a little bit bit of uh, pre-season season scouting if you can find a buck um he's going to be there uh during that october hunt um you know they generally feed for a little while in the morning they're bedded they're they're grounded all day long and then might he might feed very briefly in the evening um one of the things i like about the that october hunt is if you can find a buck um it's very easy to go and make a move on him and he's not going to go anywhere whereas you know during the rut sometimes as soon as a buck will bed you've got to make a move then because you've got a limited number or limited amount of time to go and try and kill that deer before he gets up and maybe starts running again or, or does whatever so um that october hunt uh if, again if you don't mind the heat um that's the first crack at a good it, it, it a good buck and uh generally speaking i think they're easier to kill um if you can find one and again if you can pattern a buck uh that october hunt is the way to go um that's certainly one of our preferences for 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 hunts just because uh you know we do a lot of preseason stuff we do a lot of off-season stuff you know shed hunting and different things like that and um once you once you pattern a deer he's going to be right there come come october okay and then your second choice for um would would it be the december hunt because of the rut factor yeah i mean you know obviously my first choice would be a, a rut hunt just because okay, so you would choose uh december you know they call it the rut hunt you would choose that over the october even yeah i mean it, it depends on how many points i've got things like that um and knowing that your chances of drawing a december hunt are very slim um compared to an october hunt uh but if I had my preference, you know, obviously that, that December hunt, because you're going to get those those big deer moving around, um, those giant bucks that come out of the woodwork and run around. So that December hunt is is the best time. Um, although sometimes I've uh, we've had years where they've been drier years, and I've seen the rut not even kick in until January. And, um, you know, I can't help but feel bad for some of these people who um, literally may have waited 10 years for for a, a December accused year tag um, got drawn and then you have kind of a flop rut like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's, that's one of the, one of the reasons to, again, do your homework by, by point guard and, uh, and go from there. But um, if I had my choice, December would be the first um, choice, October, the second uh, choice. Um, and I really like that, uh, that late November, that Thanksgiving, you know, it's a longer hunt. That would be a third choice because um, it's cooler. You you have a little bit more time, but you also see deer that sometimes are starting to get into some of that pre-rut activity. Um, so those are uh, do you, those are kind of my top three for for hunt choices. Do you find um, that that Thanksgiving hunt that those deer that you've been able to scout out are relatively close? 
They haven't really gone on their walkabouts yet looking for does. You do mention a little bit of pre-rut, but do you find that for the most part that they're still fairly stationary and haven't really made their move yet? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and generally speaking, you know, the, these coos deer, especially these mature bucks, they don't they don't move a whole lot. You know, that's um, once they've they've aged to generate the potential that they can from an antler standpoint. You know, they 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 eat a little bit in the morning, eat in the evening. They're they're fairly nocturnal as well. Um, but what once they bed, they don't move a whole lot and. And, uh, and that would hold true for probably all the seasons up until probably that Thanksgiving time. And then they might be a bit more active because of the cooler weather and, and, uh, and the pre-rut and stuff like that. So, um, but generally speaking, we can find, if we find a deer um, early on, um, he's generally in those areas all the way up until December. Um, and then they start to venture out a bit more after that come, come the rut. From a guide's perspective, I mean, you obviously guide all of the hunts um, and you kind of stagger your hunts in a way. I mean, do you feel like you can be every bit as successful throughout all of the seasons because of, you know, your knowledge of, of the deer? Because a lot of times you're hunting specific deer, right? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that we like to do. Um, you know, it, we, we've got upwards of almost 30 guides uh with Shadow Valley Outfitters, um, about ten of us or so who really focus on the the coos stuff. Um, all all of our guides are very close friends or family members or people that we know and trust. I mean, we've never hired anyone who's kind of a stranger just wanting to guide. Um, and one of the reasons that we we do that is because we one we we want to provide that that service, that customer service to, to folks, but also we want to be able to, to hire people um, that are going to put the work in. And we do a ton of off-season um, scouting, whether it be, you know, running cameras, uh, just shed hunting, things like that. Um, we do a lot of glassing, um, trying to find those bucks and pattern those deer. So once someone books with us, um, you know, I typically have a conversation with them asking about what, what their hunting style is, you know, what they want in a hunt, um, and uh, and kind of go from there. And I'll provide them with some some photos depending on their physical ability, and say, you know, we can we can go as easy as you want to go, kind of hunting from you know near a, a vehicle and not venturing too far out, or we can we can offer a very extreme thing, you know, like a backpack style hunt where we get into some really nasty stuff and. And we're looking for um, one particular deer, um, you know, that just doesn't move a lot. But uh, you know, we're really focusing on that on that deer. So, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think those bucks, again, putting in that off season time, we're able to find them season after season. If if we're unsuccessful during that October hunt, those deer are typically right there for November, um, for both hunts in November, and. Uh, uh, usually we'll we'll be successful let's talk about a couple of your um desert mule deer favorite units or handful whatever it may be um and then we're gonna i want to jump back into coos deer but talk uh here for a minute about the you know the southern arizona uh, mule deer units that you like 
Okay. Um, so I guess starting with the, like the, uh, 20, the twenties, I guess. So 29 and 38, um, those, those are historically really good desert mule deer units, um, especially in some of the agricultural areas in there, farm fields and stuff. Um, access can be very limited in some spots too, though. Um, uh, down again, one of my first districts as a wildlife manager, um, I had all that Southern 38 country off the Geronimo trail and there are some giant mule deer down there. Um, but access is very, very tough. And, uh, so if, if, if you, if you're up for hiking in and, in in, in a pretty physical hunt, that Southern 38 country is really good. Um, uh, moving on to, let's see the 34s, uh, 34A um, is is decent for desert mule deer. Um, obviously, in that lower elevation country, you know it's it's kind of been hit or miss in years, I guess. Um, but there's always some decent bucks that are that are running around in, in, in the 34s that that uh, especially uh, the north end of the of the unit, um, not far from the river there. Um, the 36s are always great. Uh, 36, um, 36A is always actually 36A, B, and C. I can I think I can talk about them all three in the same regard. But um, a lot of good deer in all three units um, with potential for you know a, a, a giant 180 type deer. But I would say if you're comfortable with hunting 150 class bucks, uh, 36B is really good. Um, that's probably of the 36 is the best desert mule deer unit. I would say, um, we saw a lot of good deer and good, great run activity last year during the, uh, during the, uh, um, late December coos deer tag I, uh, that, that I was guiding. Um, so that was, uh, that would be my suggestion. If you're like, if you're into the 36 is, is 36 B, um, uh, would be my focus there. Uh, in terms of January, so 37A is a unit that, uh, that they do not allow any, um, any August, September opportunity. They don't allow any December opportunity. Um, and it's only open for two weeks in January. Um, it gets hunted hard. There's a lot of people that hunt 30, 37A. Um, but there are some big deer that are killed, um, in, you know, in that unit. Uh, it's always fun to go out there and, and try and find one of those giants that kind of come out of the woodwork. Um, it's very, it can be very flat in areas. Um, and that's, again, that's why those deer get so big. Uh, 36A is, is one of my favorites to go hunt. And obviously it's, it's a, a favorite of many people because it's certainly um, no secret out there that, that people like that. 36A or 37A? Or oh, 37A, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, and then I was going to move up to 37B. I was the game warden in 37B for 10 years. Um, it's rebounded considerably from what it was uh, back in the early 2000s after the drought. Um, and uh, it's finally producing some great deer. Um, again, there's country in 37B that uh, has some really mountainous stuff. And then there's some stuff that is really, really flat that even with with BTXs or COAs or something like that, you 
it's very difficult to pick apart. Um, it always produces some really good deer, and you know, I mean, I've seen buck, bucks upwards of you know breaking that 200 inch mark in 37B, um, but they're very hard to hunt. Uh, so that's another unit, though, that uh, again provides more opportunity, uh, more rifle tags. It's it's open over the counter for December and, and January. Uh, again, that's a unit that there's no no opportunity in August, September. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you could certainly find if, if you're willing to be fairly picky and and hunt hard, you know, your chances of finding a you know a 170 type desert mule deer. Um, uh, are, are pretty solid there. Again, trying to trying to stay focused and, and really putting the time in. I want to ask you about a specific uh, unit for, and I, I don't know if it's any deer, but um, what about like 40A, 39, 40A, 40B? What about those units for mule deer and or coos deer? So those units... Um, over around like Ajo, I guess, uh, there's a small population of, of coos deer that, that exists over there, you know, kind of from, from the reservation, from 36C west through the re- reservation and over around Ajo. Um, uh, generally speaking, not very high deer density, but because of, because of such, um, I mean, no one thinks to hunt coos deer over there. Right. Um, and because they really get hunting pressure, there's typically some really big bucks sometimes that that uh, that are killed out of there, um, or that you could find in there. Um, you know that desert uh, desert muzzy tag, um, that 39, uh, uh, 48, 41, 42. Um, that's a tremendous hunt. You know that's something that you know some of the deer that that. Uh, that are generated, I guess, in some of these low desert areas. Um, you know, it, it, it's amazing how much how much growth they can put on sometimes, and and what the desert can produce. Um, and uh, so that's a good. Again, that's something that I would probably consider if I've got some bonus points saved up, but I'm still a long ways away as a non-resident from the Kaibab or the Strip. Um, that muzzy uh, desert tag. Um, is a, is a good unit to consider or a good hunt to consider, I should say. What do you, um, what do you think it is about the desert and some big coos deer bucks, regardless of where you're talking, if you're talking desert floor, what do you think it is about, you know, like it's genetics, you think it's age, you think it's just vegetation and what they're eating. I mean, every once in a while you see a big giant coos come out of, I mean, just desert flats. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I, I Personally, I think it's more age. Um, you know, I think coos deer, they're such a such an adaptable species. Um, you know, they did much better during that drought we had, again, in the early 2000s than mule deer did. Um, they, can, they can eat a wide, wide variety of different things and, and do very well. Um, and uh, if some of those units when you see those deer venturing out and then kind of setting up camp you know i think they venture out during the rut they get to a spot they kind of set up camp and and decide to live there um uh whether that's a a genetic um component you know being the the most fit or able 
you know, in venturing out and trying to find those does to breed, and then they set up camp, and then they're in those remote areas, and then they're able to to put on that age and, and generate those antlers. Um, you know, I think that's a, I think those things are, are key to it. But like you said, there's always some giants harvested, and I mean, it's uh, uh, it, it's it's amazing what uh, what kind of potential there is in those areas. But it's it's something that if you're serious in hunting those, expect to see very, very few deer, if any, sometimes. Um, but if you can find a, a little pocket of them, you know, you really you really stand to maybe find something special in, in some of those off-the-beaten uh, path units. For sure. All right, let's um, – I want to talk maybe your top five coos deer units, um, just kind of go through them pretty quickly and then i want to just ask you about some of your success last year and some of the big bucks you guys shot um okay. and so yeah give us your top five coos deer units um my top five number one i would put 33 as my top unit it it has it's easy to draw a tag um tremendous uh opportunity for um you know larger trophy quality 100 inch plus deer um, if you're a physical hunter and able to get off the beaten path a bit, all the better. Um, so 33 is, would be my number one. Okay. Uh, my number two would be 36 C. Um, uh, again, because of the reservation component and the bucks that you can get coming off the reservation. And, uh, again, I'm a very physical hunter. I like to get, I, I do a lot of backpacking and, and things like that and glassing. Um, 36 C is prime for some of that stuff. So, uh, between the reserve or the reservation to the West, you've got the, uh, the border to the South. Um, yeah, there's, and some of the burns, you know, they're starting to do some burns in some of that transition country, um, uh, in there that it's certainly going to help out. So, um, okay. I would put 36 C as my number two. Okay. Uh, my number three, I would put 29. Um, with the fires, with the terrain, uh, uh, it's a unit that, uh, again, because of, um, because of the accessibility, I, I guess, and how much country there is that, you know, if, if you put in a little, little bit of time hiking, you can get to some stuff that's very, very, very huntable, lots of deer, good deer numbers. And, and with all that habitat change and the fires and stuff like that, um, producing some great antler growth. So um, 29 is certainly up there and would be uh, my number three. Number four. Uh, now, number four, um, I'd probably have to go 31, um, again, because of the fires uh, and being a more physical hunter, um, being able to get, get off the beaten path a bit. Uh, you can get up into those areas that ha that have burned relatively recently. Um, you know, glass that country, make a game plan. Uh, it, it's 31's producing some some tremendous deer, um, and so I think, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it'll it'll stay in the top five for for some time. Okay, and rounding out number five. Uh, number five, I I go 36B um, because of. Uh, it's similar to 33, very high deer numbers. Um, uh, it's uh, there's 
good access with parts of it, but there's also some stuff that you got to work to um, work to get into and, and things like that. It always produces great bucks, uh, you know, and it's one of those units that that um, if you don't find that giant, you're going to see a lot of deer regardless. So, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's it's a solid unit for sure. Okay, fantastic. Now let's um, conclude with some of the phenomenal bucks that you've shot over the last couple of years um, guiding. Um, last year you had a great season. Um, talk about some of the bucks you were chasing and ended up harvesting. Um, yeah, so we had, uh, we started, um, I had a hunter early October, um, and in talking with them, we, we, you know, I, I, like I do with all, all of our hunters, I talk with them and see what they want and not only a deer, but in, in a hunt, um, you know, if, if they're not happy that I'm not, that I'm not happy and I'm not doing my job. And, uh, and I talked to them about, you know, a, a deer that, um, there was a, a giant deer in this area that had been seen by a friend of mine. And I said it, I told him, you know, it's, it's, it's a nightmare of a hunt, but you know, if, if you want to try and find them, we can go and do that. It's completely up to you, but it's going to be extremely physical and strenuous and whatnot. And it was close to another spot where I had two other bucks kind of as a backup plan that, um, that I had on camera that were pretty decent that we could kind of, um, play out into as, as the hunt progressed and, and we focused on that bigger deer, we could then transition to these other ones. And, and, uh, so we, we ventured out, we, we, uh, set out on the trail and uh, with our backpacks and, and, uh, uh, day one didn't see anything, uh, anything good at all. Uh, day two, I picked up, um, a really nice deer in a, in a saddle, probably two miles away. And so we, we packed up camp and ventured down and uh and i saw him that afternoon by the time we got down to um, a spot where we could potentially make a move on him it was so late that we really couldn't uh um we we were out of light essentially for for making a move that day and we spent the remainder of the hunt trying to find that deer and we you know like they do all sometimes um they just have their little routines and and we could not dig that thing up uh, I had a friend who actually harvested that deer. He had a December tag and harvested that deer uh, later in December, and uh, um, he ended up going 117. And just a, a giant, heavy mainframe deer with stickers everywhere, and just a, a beautiful buck. Um, uh, so that was—I mean, the guy had a tremendous hunt. You know, he was happy, and you know, we we saw one. It just doesn't play out sometimes. So that's 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 hunting. So it's not grocery shopping. <laughs> um, we had some other hunts. Uh, 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 my brother, uh, guided a client that we had, we had patterned a buck. Um, again, they packed in, uh, this was during the same time that I was guiding this guy on. And, uh, um, first thing again, we, we, we try and put in a lot of time during the off season to really pattern these deer and have the best opportunity. And, first morning um boom they turn up the deer and uh and um a few things happened where things didn't go kind of the way that we wanted to but by uh by the second day he ended up killing that deer and uh um it was kind of a, a crazy story because 
the deer was in a, a thicket. He, he shot the deer. The deer was in the process of dying. And they were watching. And out of nowhere, this giant bobcat leaps from this rock onto the back of this deer. Jeez. And this rodeo starts. Oh, my and there's, gosh. And there's tree limbs going everywhere and things. And this bobcat's holding on for dear life, trying to trying to strangle this deer out. And, you know, it's one of those things that you'd never believe it if you didn't see it firsthand. And uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, he ended up uh, killing that deer. And it was a, a, a nice four by four by four and ended up going 108. Um, and then, uh, let's see, Mark Garenia. Um, who's one of our subs, he had a, uh, um, he and his family had several tags last year and they killed four deer all over a hundred. Um, and Mark was able to kill his buck. Uh, he had a December tag and, uh, his ended up going, I think a little over 125. I mean, just a beautiful buck. And again, you know, he put in a bunch of time and, and, uh, um, had never seen that deer, but had some other bucks and, you know, as luck would have it during that rut, sometimes those big ones come out of the woodwork and, and things just went right. And he was blessed with a, a gorgeous deer. Um, uh, I had a December tag hunter, uh, down in 36 B. And like I said earlier, um, we had, uh, uh, we had a, a, a good deer that was spotted probably three or four days before the end of the hunt. Um, never got an opportunity that day on him. And we spent the next remainder of the hunt trying to relocate that deer. And the last morning, um, I glassed him up again through my BTXs at about a mile and a half away. We made a quick move on him and, uh, he was able to, to make a great shot from about 600 yards and, uh, anchored him with one shot. Um, and uh, he ended up going 107. So, uh, very, very happy hunter. And you know, um, it's 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 enjoyable to be able to hunt with what not only great people, but just to to see that the the happiness in their faces. You know, when they've broke that 100 inch mark for Q's deer, or even that 110 mark. Um, you know, it's it's a special thing, and we try to um, we try to obviously provide that, but also provide a good quality hunt that you know. Um, people will enjoy, you know, and that customer service component and, and, uh, you know, get people back year after year. So, for sure. um, and I guess the last year, uh, uh, in January, I killed a nice deer archery, um, January of 2019 last year. Um, uh, I got out after, uh, um, actually after shift, we had a fire that morning, so I was late getting out and, uh, got out. I was just initially going to check a couple cameras and, kind of call it a day for the hunting um from a hunting standpoint and um as luck would have it i checked the camera and had some pictures of a really good buck on it and um moved forward to my next glassing spot and and found uh uh kind of my number two buck in that area it was probably a solid 105 type deer uh found him bedded underneath the tree and and got a little bit closer to kind of look at him again and and when I put up the glass, this bigger buck, the, the bigger four by that, that I ended up killing was next to him. And they were kind of um, sparring a little bit. And, uh, you know, it, everything went right. I, I, I made a good stock and made a good shot. And uh, it was right late in the evening. Um, 
uh, I didn't want to push him. I was I was sure that I made a decent shot, but I didn't want to push him because of a number of different factors. So I I, uh, I pulled out and then went back in first thing the next morning and found him within about 150 yards of where I'd shot him. And uh, yeah, uh, end up uh, end up going. He was broken from what I had him initially, but I ended up going 113. So wow, um, 113 broken or yeah, if he was no. all together, he'd be 113. No, 113 broken. If he was all together, he'd be in the high teens. Wow. Yeah, I remember seeing that buck. He was kind of a heavy buck, wasn't he? Yeah, super heavy. And, you know, I I had pictures of him from before. And and that year he just, you know, he just ballooned. And and that's one of the things that's that's so cool with some of these coos deer bucks is, you know, we try to to really – hold out for that for those deer to reach those trophy that trophy potential and sometimes it means watching deer for two three four years until they everything kind of lines up and they get that age and 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 what we see oftentimes is is from one year to the next they will put on just a a ton of inches and uh so is there a certain age that you see them blow up or that you want them to get to because you know they're probably going to blow up I think I think it starts around five, um, five, and then that six to eight age class, generally speaking. Um, but yeah, I, I think from what I've seen in in looking at their, you know, the teeth of a number of bigger bucks, um, that five six mark uh, sometimes is 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 where they really start to to put on um, a lot of growth and their potential, and if they can get to that seven eight year age mark um i mean we we've had some great deer that, that we've harvested or friends have harvested that, um literally have you know have worn their teeth down um considerably so um yeah if they can get five plus years on i think that's the key awesome man well what a what a great podcast what a great episode hearing all your knowledge about coos deer and um i want to give you a chance to let the listeners know how they can call you and talk to you more about um you know it's before application uh deadline here and they can talk to you about uh, certain units and hunts and um so would you do that uh, let the listeners know and I'll also link it up in the show notes yeah certainly again i appreciate it um so we've got uh, we've got both a, a website uh, and then um, sites on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, so all different social media platforms that you guys can check us out on uh, shadowvalleyoutfitters.com and then uh, obviously on, on Instagram and Facebook it's Shadow Valley Outfitters. Um, if you want to call me direct, you can call me at five two zero nine zero seven six zero seven nine. Or you can, again, find uh, my contact information both uh, on, on our websites or on social media. Um, we try and provide, you know, Pat, Bob, and I with Shadow Valley try and provide top end in terms of customer service. We're focusing on, on getting folks, um, obviously having a successful hunt, but, but really trying to focus on, you know, trophy quality type hunts. Um, but we, with that being said, we, we offer a wide array, uh, array of different options and we can cater to just about anyone. Um, so, you know, give us a call. If we can help, we will. Um, and if it's something that even we can't do, you know, we'll, we'll send you to someone who, who may better fit your, um, what you're looking for. So, 
um, we're here to help in any way. And, and again, I appreciate the time, Jay, and thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. I look forward to talking to you more down the road. And um, you really were extensive and covered these units. I know the listeners are going to get a lot of value out of it. So I've admired your work for a long time and appreciate your um, public service, uh, both with the Game and Fish and uh, with the fire department. So, um, yeah, give Ben a call if you guys are looking for a great coos deer hunt. And, uh, Ben, I appreciate your time. All right. Thank you very much, Jay. I appreciate it. All right. God bless. Take care. Take care.